Live from the Talking Joe Studios, Talking Joe. You seem normal. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to. Oh, Taking Joe, actually. There we go. I was going to stick that on there. Talking Joe uh, with me, Mark, and we are here once again with a sketchbook special. Today, we are going to be talking to John about his G.I. Joe themed sketches, uh, which we talked about a little and previewed and trailered uh, um, last time. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. It's sketchbook time. Sketchbook, sketchbook, here's my sketchbook. I can show it to you if you want to have a look. Sketchbook, sketchbook, here's my sketchbook. And now I will stop this song. Because I love jingles so much, here's one to introduce the man of the hour. It's John. John Dermott is coming on the show today with Best Be Behaved. Hey, John. I, I, I tell you once you again, Mark, Mark, again, it's amazing. I have a theme song for, with you all. I appreciate that so much. It's amazing. <laughs> it's my privilege. Um, good to have you uh, back on. I was, uh, uh, yeah, I was so looking forward to uh, our next chat that I thought, just have to cram it in. Uh, you know, never never mind all of this, uh, you know, spending time with the family. Um, you know, they can push them aside. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, let, let's get get you on. Um, but who is joining us today to look at your uh, sketches? I really want to talk Joe with you. It's a real American Tim. American Tim. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Mark. Hello. Hello. Hi, Tim. Hello, audience. Good to have you back looking at some uh, some art uh, and specifically uh, John's sketchbook. And um, John, I think you you were you sort of held it up and, and uh, teased me with it. You've got you've actually got your sketchbook, uh, your the physical sketchbook in front of you. Is that right? I, I do. Uh, this has been my pride and joy for as I said, I started it in 2010. Let's do that. So, you know, <laughs> 10 years of conventions and a lot of fun and making a lot of friends and having a lot of misadventures along the way, getting some and amazing it, it, art. <laughs> it's just the, it's, it's, it's literally this sketchbook that you'll take to, to every con with you and has been the one yeah. that's been gradually uh, filling up. So, so, you know, is, is your routine that, that you'll, you'll sort of generally take it, take it with you leave it with a person or, or uh, stay with them if they're, they're one of the people that, you know, works quickly and, and right. It, it you know, so it's, you. it's funny. It's one of those conversations I've had with people over the years. Do you do loose sketches to try to get a lot and, you know, put them into a binder somewhere mm. or do you do a sketchbook? I've always enjoyed the sketchbook from the standpoint that I love when artists are flipping through it and going, Oh man, oh, wow. Yeah. You did that. Or <laughs> wow. Who is this? Or you got so-and-so. And I think that it, it's kind of a one upsmanship. Sometimes they're, you know, like, hey, what can I do to be cooler than this one? Or, you know, like, hey, I've got I, I really want to do something because 
you know, my friend did it, or I can go to somebody, Hey, you know, they did something for me. Would you be interested? I've always liked it. But again, you've got to figure out what works for you because there is the disadvantage if you hand it to somebody and they take a day out of a three day convention to, to do a piece. Well, you know, that's, that's the, uh, that's the risk, you know? Uh, but I, I've also found over the years when I first started, I was, had to run everywhere and get everything I could. You know, it wasn't a success if I didn't get five or six sketches in a weekend. Now, if I get one a day, I'm, I'm good with that. It's more about seeing people, talking to creators, seeing my friends, hanging out, and just perspective, right? Age. I still get super excited for what I do get, but it's not a, I, I don't have to fill, I'm not, don't necessarily have to fill this book up in a certain period of time anymore. Like I thought yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. when I first started. Yeah, I've, I'll often um, have two sketchbooks at a my gi joe sketchbook and my gi joe sketchbook and then if i'm you know leaving it with uh somebody then then i'm not pre preventing myself from collecting anything else for that for that day um yeah sometimes yeah you kind of have to make a decision like mm, who am i gonna what am, what am i gonna prioritize knowing that that i might not see that sketchbook back again until the end of the day or whatever um yeah, but uh, the un uh, one-upmanship is a very good point, and yeah, top tip for people who uh, go to to conventions and with their sketchbook, try and make sure that your first couple of sketches are you know primo, <laughs> set out strong. Yeah. <laughs> Just like if uh, if you're doing a if you're doing like a sponsorship thing at, at work and you're sending out that that link to you know to, to sponsor you for your for your marathon or whatever make sure you you, you know you get a couple of really generous people <laughs> right, for, you know right. the first couple and then and then the, you, the, you, you you know you're, you're the, like the fifth person person going in whatever you go okay i'll, I'll you know, chuck my fiver oh 20 quid 20 quid 20 quid ah if i don't give them a really good sponsorship <laughs> i'm just gonna like a, like a complete tight words <laughs> similar kind of theory yeah absolutely Absolutely. But again, I think it's, you, you, as we talked about a little bit in one of the, I know we've done a couple shows now together, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. One of the, I guess the second one we talked about con preparation or as you're looking, you know, I think part of that is doing research. If you don't know who certain creators are, most of the creators in my book have not worked on GI Joe. Cause let's yeah. face it, that's a pretty finite pool of people, you know, for a sketchbook that size, I could, if everybody was living and available, I could probably get it filled up with their stuff rather quickly. So if, if, finding other people or finding weird connections, you know, like I have a piece from somebody that worked on a GI Joe fire coloring book of some type, I think it was, or some PSA thing that only existed in the Chicagoland area. Like, you know, it's that kind of, I just think I just got that on eBay. This is, okay. the, devil, this is the devil's due um, GI Joe fire safety comic book, not a coloring I, book. I, I, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Uh, uh, I ha I have it. Jeez, if it was, it's it's down, it's 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 fifteen feet below where I'm sitting on a coffee table. I went on a little spree of of eBay obscure GI Joe comics. That's probably what it is. It, again, it was one of somebody told me he's like, oh, this guy worked on this fill in the blank that you know this joke thing that I'd never heard of. Oh, well, that's cool, and he knows the characters and enjoys the property. But yeah, I think doing that research and figuring out. But you know, too, what we were talking about, Mark, if you. If I know I'm not going to, if I'm going to leave it with somebody, I'm probably going to leave it with a creator that I've not met or, you know, that I don't have some experience with. Do if I, if they're going to say it's going to take a couple hours, do I do that as opposed to it's going to be all day? If it's somebody that I've never met anywhere at a show and I may not see them again for a while, I'll take that risk in terms of leaving mm -hmm. it with them. Yeah. Good. Cool. Okay. So, um, let's, uh, let's jump, uh, jump in and, um,
yeah do you want to set this this up so so how did you go about curating this little list of uh, <laughs> that you that you're sharing with us today this was incredibly challenging mark as i told you before we got started uh i've got 10 years worth of sketches i've got several pages covers some loose pieces as well so the first several pieces that i want to share are in my sketchbook so these are things i've collected since 2010 and then the last couple are self-explanatory but uh or actually one of them i'll probably tell explain a little bit the last one will make sense <laughs> but yeah so but this first bit though these are all pieces that are in in the book that i've been getting okay. for the last many years excellent okay let's uh let's go so this so was one of the er, yeah this was very early uh 2011 so probably like the second or third convention i went to uh this artist is daniel govar uh some of you listening or that have seen that it in and around may know Dan. Uh, Dan is typically known for his fantasy pieces. He does a lot of amazing work with Lord of the Rings style and, and nymphs and wood fairies and all that kind of great stuff. But I, I had found Dan through DeviantArt. I used to be a very active member there and was always looking for new artists. And I, I found Dan's work. He had done some redesigns for Aquaman and some things he had submitted to DC. And I thought the the, the visual was so stunning. So I went to Dan at a local convention here in Richmond and introduced myself and showed him my sketchbook. And he's like, man, I love GI Joe as a kid. I've never drawn a GI Joe before. And I'm like, Hey man, I just really love your style. Like, what do you think works? And I gave him my reference book and he's like, I think snow job would be fun. So this mm. started initially as just a black and white piece. And it was, I loved it. I just went crazy when he handed it back to me. Uh, Cause it just, he really just a unique take, I think in terms of what he's doing and readjusting the, the ski. Yeah. Fast forward to the next year, he was at another show here in town and it was fairly slow and he had asked me to go find somebody. He had done a sketch and, you know, one of the times lately we've talked about erasing pencil marks or not. So he asked me to go find the guy and, and ask him, hey, do you want Dan to erase these pencil marks? So when I got back, he's like, hand me your book. And he took my book and he started taking his watercolors and just started dribbling and dabbling and then finished it up with the way I think he wanted it to look. So uh, I think it's... It's one of my favorites. I, I'm still just blown away every time I look at it. It, it tends to get a lot of oohs and ahs because, again, in person, just the, I think the balance and everything. It's just it's, it's stunning. I absolutely adore it. So, um, in 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 color, uh, warms and cools are a major division. Mm -hmm. Warm warms are red, orange, yellow. Cools are, are blue, purple, green. And uh, in convention sketches, Copic markers become big, and a lot of artists will get warm grays and cool grays and what that really just means is it's gray with a little bit of blue in it or a gray with a little bit of yellow in it um so uh that the the shadow or the ground looks like watercolor mm -hmm. but it does match uh whether it's copic or watercolor in his uh bandolier and his beard and his gun his rifle uh those all have a little bit of yellow in them and then uh, everything on the rest of his costume that looks like a marker based on how the brush uh like the the tip is moving like on his on his knee but it may it may be uh a brush with hairs and yeah. that has a little bit of blue in it and sometimes when you look at a a piece um shaded this way uh your eye starts to trick you and you sort of think it's actually color or full color um but uh this is a really nice uh separation and a really unusual uh angle and and a, and a really great story and personality yeah. moment. 
yeah for sure and what's what is the the, the, the actual this is getting super technical now but what is the texture of the paper like in your in your book this is, is a uh you know what a pro art brand so i guess comparable with canson it is a 10 or 12 dollar eight and a half mile or nine by 12 sketchbook you could pick up in any art store or online is the paper the paper has a little bit of tooth to it right it's not just a, a little bit yeah a smooth paper right shine. right okay cool i love this you know i just love this expression is you know the that the sort of the texture that's conveyed in right. in the the beard and the 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 hood it's uh yeah it's Govor hasn't drawn comics or has drawn comics he's done some comics uh i don't necessarily know any uh, you know he's not a dc or a marvel guy necessarily uh, i know he just did a uh, a tray or a, rather that was on a kickstarter about endangered animals and so it was all paint painted set pieces with elephants and you know big animals of all types. Uh, again, Dan does a lot of what I, I, I really call it that fantasy realm. That's really what he's kind of known for. And uh, again, gotten to be a good friend over the years. And what I appreciated was that once I got the snow job, he's probably done 15 to 20 more Joe pieces over the years. Uh, and, you know, cause people, you know, in that, in our community, somebody saw it, Hey, where'd you find that? Or who, how'd you get that? And yeah, yeah so yeah. he's, he's, he's got a, a small, but great pool of Joe art out there. And uh, because he grew up a fan and he, in fact, he told me, I think it was Firefly. He used to have a Firefly figure sitting on his computer. So that was kind of, uh, kind of fun to help him get reconnected that way. Yeah. It's, in, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the way that people can share their arts uh, now online, uh, if, if, if someone, if someone's done a great example of a particular character, people will notice it and go, Hey, maybe, um, maybe I could get them to do, do me something as, as well. Absolutely. I know that we've, even just between the two of us, that's mm -hmm. <laughs> that's happened yeah. a couple of times in the, yes, in the past. So uh, cool. So I click on to the next one. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I tried. One of the things I do with my book is I I try to do things that I really like, regardless. It's not just toys, not just comics. It's all different things. I was a huge fan of the Renegades cartoon, and at Heroes Con, I think this was 2013. Zeland Jones was there. And Zealand was one of the designers on Renegades. Uh, ah. And so, uh, so I met Zealand. We started talking, told him I was a big fan of the show. And we started talking about Clem Suave, who was the head designer on that show. I uh, had a really lovely conversation about Clem. And uh, anyhow, I, I asked him, I said, well, I really, I love the Cobra Trooper design in that show. And I said, well, would you be interested in doing that? And he said, well, I didn't work on that. He said, but Baroness was one of my main designs. And I said, okay, great. So as we stood, as I stood there and he worked, he drew this amazing Baroness. Uh, he'd forgot the glasses. I'm okay with that because I just love, I, I love this simple, very animated design. And I also love the little note. We miss you, Clem. He got very emotional talking about Clem Suave and, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, Clem, again, Clem was the primary designer on that show. There were two other people up for that job. It was Michael Golden and uh, Dave Johnson. Clem got it, and Clem died before the show's over. So if you see that show, it's it shows some places, or if you have it on DVD or what have you uh, somewhere. I think the second or third to last episode, it it says in living in you know in loving memory of Clem. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I just I love this piece. It's again, I just love the simplicity. I loved that style and was really really pleased it was great to meet to meet zealand and be able to talk a little bit about his memories of the show and working with clem so this was from memory and not from reference this was from memory 
And and presumably you don't have Renegades reference in your reference book. <laughs> I do. I oh. do. Yeah. Okay. I have it for Scarlet, the Cobra Trooper, the figure. I didn't think about Baroness because it was not necessarily one. But again, when I'm when I meet people and we start uh, with somebody like Zealand, you know, when he worked on the the program, when he said, "Why well, would you be cool with Baroness?" I'm like, absolutely. Like, what do you feel like drawing? And particularly, yeah, I didn't have reference for. Her. Yeah, he, we he knocked this out in maybe twenty minutes or however long we stood there and talked. It was a, like I said, a lot of fun. And I've never seen Zealand another show, so I'm really glad I picked it up when I did. Yeah, great. It's yeah, those sort of encounters are, are great, and it's it's one of the nice things about sketchbooks is is the variety as well right. in in terms of the the pieces. You know, one one page to the next, it can be you know sort of you know pulls apart. <laughs> but yeah, and sometimes I have um, to explain to people what they are, or even the creators are going like, "What's this?" or "What is this?" And not everybody knew Renegades very well, so I had to explain because mm-hmm. they kind of look at, "Who is this?" Oh, it's from the from that cartoon. It, it's fun to someone turns a page and they, they see an image that isn't a big deal immediately compared to the previous or the next page, but based on who did it or how unusual a drawing it is for them, or of course the story of getting the sketch, but right. there's something embedded in the property, the drawing, the character. It's also funny how many inkers have asked me to, for scans of this one. In particular, <laughs> this one seems to be very popular for inkers to want to take a crack at, and and I've never, unfortunately, I've never done. It. I should do it. I just, I've never done it, but I've had several ask me over the years about it. Uh, you froze up for me a second, John. Can you just repeat that last? Uh... Oh, that that I've had several inkers over the years ask me about inking this one in particular, mm-hmm. and I've I've never I've should have scanned it and and had some people try it, but I've never have. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Presume it's presumably that's for them to just try out for for fun and you know yeah. see see what you know see what they can do with it. Right. Yeah, it's it's nice seeing all of this the the construction underneath uh, underneath this as well. So you can you can really see uh, the process that's uh, that's gone into to to bringing this together. But then with the you know the the uh, much harder blue lines for the for the final. Right. It's it's sort of best of both worlds really. Cool. Uh, let's look at the next one. <laughs> okay, so this is uh, Tim Shin. Uh, Tim, Tim's actually here in Richmond. We don't live that far away from each other. In fact, I've taken my book over to him a couple times and just dropped it off at his house so he can uh, do a piece or two for me. Uh, I met. I I didn't know Tim. We met several years ago at a Richmond show. And uh, he had done some Renegades work for the G.I. Joe Matt Collectors magazine. So the Collectors Club issue with, uh, I believe, Snake Eyes, Roadblock, and Scarlet on the cover. Tim had done that work. Uh, Tim's similar in age to me and was a big Joe fan. In fact, later on, I went back and looked. And on DeviantArt, he had done several package designs, you know, using that 80s style uh, for characters that never got finished. So anyway, I... He had done, a, I think, a trouble bubble somewhere. I saw a vehicle he'd done, and I'm like, dude, you got to do a vamp for me. We talked uh, last episode. I, you know, my the vamp's my favorite vehicle. And uh, yeah, so he did this super fun piece. Uh, it's, I think, it's self explanatory what's going on here. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just a, a really, really fun piece from Tim. He's done some, he's done some uh, comic work right now. He's doing a lot of coloring for Neil Adams. For most of the covers you see from Neil Adams, he's doing the coloring work for him. Okay. So, uh, just uh, again, Tim's a great dude. Uh, cranks this stuff out. I mean, so much Joe work, 
and uh, I've got multiple pieces from him, but this one, I, I just, I love the, I love the angle, the, the visual, it, the colors don't come through great in, in my pictures. It's got a great grayscale to it, but uh, again, just super fun and, and love it. it was really, I was thrilled when he opened it up and showed it to me. I just started laughing. It was perfect for me. <laughs> this is, this is really unusual in that uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen a convention sketch. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm also not looking online for people's collections of convention sure. sketches, but uh, it's always a person. Or maybe right. it's Batman crouching on a gargoyle. Yeah. Um, but now, uh, I, I will say with this one, Tim, I did. I gave Tim my book overnight. So he took it home. He may have done it that evening or he may have done it before the show started. I'm not sure which, but this was not, hey, he did it in an hour. This was when he spent a little bit of time with at some point. But yeah, I started I started kicking around the idea of trying to do, and I carry vehicle reference just in case because I, <laughs> and I have one in a little bit that is comparable to that. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. You don't see a lot of vehicles, but again, it was it was a overnight thing at least. And I'm really glad it's in there because again, I just think it's a really fun fun uh, a different take oh polly what have you done yeah we're getting ready to do <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's a lovely little scene as well as well you like the immediate kind of you immediately look at it and think yeah it's it's the vamp that's 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 a you know great shot as well well executed and and then there's this whole sort of character moment happening there where looks like polly's uh left a clutcher present down here in this corner <laughs> and he's getting he's getting his pistol ready out to to, to shoot him and shit breaks no it's uh yeah it's lovely i think i mean i think it would be rare to to have an artist that would have the confidence to say yeah yeah i'll just i'll take on a, a vehicle uh as a as a con sketch um, you know, I think, uh, you know, for most people, a headshot, maybe a, a bust, you know, right. maybe particularly if it's someone like Batman that, that most artists can have a, have a go at drawing in their, in their sleep. But, um, but, but for something like this, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, very unusual, very cool to, cool to see. In the way that, uh, occasionally at, uh, a convention, a guest artist or someone in artist's alley is an animation designer, how often it's much more likely that they're a character designer or a lead designer and not a prop designer. And it's the, it, on GI Joe, right. It's right. Uh, I mean, with, with Russ Heath in 82, 83, that wasn't so divided, but after he did his pass, it was definitely divided between uh, character designer and prop designer. Very cool. Yeah. And Tim, Tim Shin is one of these names that I see a lot in connection with GI Joe, but haven't, uh, didn't, you know, don't quite didn't quite understand um, the the connection is his you know his his art on of GI Joe is shared a lot on I think comic art fans and and I've yeah. seen it pop up on on eBay on those kind of uh, things so yeah yeah good to hear a bit more about him I actually before I knew uh, our Tim I kind of conflated the two of you a little bit because because yeah. I know that you do you like your your Cobremva. Uh, sketches and things like that and i've seen these other sketches from um tim tim shin tim finn tim shin so it's, uh there's a lot there's a lot of a crossover there in the in the nameage on that um uh venn, venn diagram <laughs> and uh yeah don't forget uh the uh for people watching as well if you want to uh you know comment question um you know just type it away in the the youtube uh comment box uh and uh and we'll see those uh comments as they come through.
Cool. Uh, I'll ping on to the next one, shall I? Okay. Fun. So, yeah, this is Dean Kotz, who I think is one of the most underrated creators out there right now. I met Dean at Baltimore Comic-Con probably five years ago now. And I didn't know Dean's work. He was there under a, 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 a some type of publisher table. He wasn't on his own. He was just there. I don't know if he was just friends of his or what. But I look over and, and he's got some artwork on the table. And he had this Black Knight from Marvel that just blew my mind. And I'm like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. I didn't. <laughs> and again, he wasn't on the guest list. So typically if a convention, I'll start researching two months before and I start looking for new creators that I don't know. And I'll go, I'll try to find their work. If they've done any Joe stuff, like, you know, I do my research. Dean was just this guy. And, and I start looking at his stuff and I'm like, holy crap, this stuff is unbelievable. And just a really soft, you know, soft-spoken, very self, uh, uh, just self-assuming, really, really nice guy. And, and so Dean did a couple of black and white pieces for me the first couple of years. And one of the things I noticed is that it's the amount of detail he put in was just stunning you know, for what, for what I was getting, I was absolutely thrilled and I knew he was doing watercolor work. And so the third, this was the third sketch I got from Dean and I, I love televipers. I, I tend to try to find more off the wall characters a lot of times because I just don't think they get enough love. I love the televipers and I, I gave Dean the reference and I said, just go crazy, whatever you, and he handed me this back and I was blown away. Uh, didn't didn't give him any direction other than I'd, I'd like him to be saying I'd like something to come across the the the, the 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 visor. Other than that, you do whatever you want, Dean. And this is what I, got. <laughs> I found. The less direction I give, the better. It's what I've typically found. Uh, if I give somebody the and he loves dead bodies, like all the all the different uh, sketches. I will say the different sketch, a couple sketches I have from it. Or one of the others has a lot of bodies in it. A friend of mine got a, a Star Wars piece from it. Had <laughs> bodies all over. He loves drawing bodies, which is fine. Cause I just, I love, I love the energy and yeah, this thing just, I, it slayed me when I got, I was so happy with how it turned out. There it's, uh, it's wonderful. Did you, so, so did you, what, what kind of your expectations? Did you, did you know that you'd be getting this, you know, a scene like this or, or were you well, thinking that I, maybe you might just get like a solo figure or, I, I knew I would get something. So I have a, and maybe some other time if I get to share some more down the road, I have a Cobra Trooper piece from him. So like old school version one Cobra Trooper. And it's several of them like marching through a bombed out city. That was the second piece. The first piece I ever got from him was shipwreck. And it looks like shipwreck on the boat in Indiana Jones. And there's like the water's all, you know, everything's going on. And he's got his, he's, he's got his anchor, like using it like a whip. I didn't ask for it. I just said shipwreck. And then I actually have four. I'm sorry, because I also have a uh, torpedo and torpedoes under the water and there are mines everywhere and fish and stuff. And he's just kind of bubbling through <laughs> the water. So, yeah, I mean, Dean, I, I, Dean's just got such an inventive mind and Dean's fairly active on Twitter. You can find his stuff out there and he's just constantly doing commissions and sketches and things. And again, I did, did I expect this? Absolutely not. I figured I'd get, I knew I'd get a televiper and I'd probably get a body or two. <laughs> I kind of knew that, but no idea it would be this whole scene like this. Excellent. And I, I think, I think this piece actually was the one that prompted my brother to go and uh, commission uh, Dean something uh, mm. via, via the mail. 
So um, one of uh, one of our joint sort of collecting interests yeah, is reinterpretations of the the classic Marvel covers um, in the style of you know you know the artist um, rather than the you know trying to, to get a line for line recreation. Uh, and so yeah, he uh, went for a uh, his reinterpretation of that uh, cover, which has got repeater in the front with the yeah, with the viper yeah. sort of sneaking up on him. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he saw, he saw this this one on your social media and thought, yes, this is the guy to <laughs> this is the guy to get something yeah. from. The the color, um, I don't mean impressionism like the art movement. I mean a general definition of the word. Uh, the color and the sort of like the end of the sketchbook line here creates such an impression. Uh, this this isn't. This isn't uh, this isn't tight, right? This is really loose, um, and you know, like the that third televiper in the background at the top yeah. of those stairs in front of all those buttons, that 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 sort of dissociates in front of your very eyes uh, because there's just one purple, you know, brushstroke and three blue brushstrokes on the televiper. Um, and you know the color doesn't see like around the 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 middle of the two uh, the, the televiper all the way to the right like the color doesn't reach all the way to his head for that blue behind him, um, but uh, the the color and the the sort of the impression of all of these lines adds so much to the cacophony of the scene and the story right like these televipers are about to get out of here. Or they're about to get overrun by three upset Joes, um, <laughs> and you know these two these two planes in the background. Um, yeah. The, the, when yeah, I read yeah. when I read uh, not monthly comic books from you know the major like action and and superhero publishers, but when I read graphic novels from Fantagraphics or drawn in quarterly uh, or or an even smaller outfit, um, you see art like this more often and um i'd love to see a full joe story like this which doesn't have the traditional modern computer color approach which doesn't have the sort of traditional american adventure style you know penciling and inking uh that does look like a sketchbook but is a is a story with you know panels and and pages not just a single image a pin up not just a cover Yeah, brilliant. Uh, what's up next? Here we go. This is a good one. <laughs> okay, so this is the one I typically have to explain the most because yeah. not to the two say, of us, but <laughs> not to the two of you. But most people say, "Why is Moon Knight in a GI Joe sketchbook?" Uh, so for those of you that are watching now or later that aren't familiar, uh, Larry Hama had originally pitched a book called Fury Force. Not going to get into all the details, but one of the characters was, was called Spook. Yes, thank you. So I I got fascinated with the idea of when I see Larry, I always try to get something that he doesn't do a lot of, if at all. Uh, you know, when I st first time I met him, I got a, a Storm Shadow or Snake Eyes. and then, But I was like, okay, I got to start thinking of out of the box. And I was like, you know what? This would be kind of fun. Like the first version, because I love Commando Snake Eyes, and, and this just sounded like fun. So I... Uh, as we talked about before, I was driving in for one of my shows and 
I, I, I'm fortunate that I get to hand in my sketchbook early. I don't always get on <laughs> my first because I'm hanging around, right? Like I'm available, but I always make sure I'm on his list. And so I hand it, hand it to him and he's like, what do you want? And I said, well, you know, I would like Commando Snake Eyes and Spook. And he looked at me and he goes, I'm going to need reference for that. And I said, <laughs> go, you're the only reference there is. <laughs> and he, you know, I, I love, uh, I love Larry's sketches because they're just so sketchy. You know, I, I love the, the the looseness in these. Uh, it's it's funny watching him over time too. I've gotten I've got several pieces from him over the years, mm -hmm. and it's interesting kind of watching how they change over time. I feel like he's gotten uh, a little more precise in some ways, if that makes sense. And not it, maybe it's maybe it's based on character and what he really likes to do. I think again, people see this and they just don't understand. They don't. They don't know who Spook is. And that's, that, again, that's for me, that's part of the fun is I want people to look at this and go, what in the hell? Why is, why, what is this? Like, what does this mean? Uh, yeah, it's always super fun. And as far as I know, I'm the only person that has a Spook sketch. If somebody else does, I'd love to see one because I've, I've never seen any of the other Fury Force sketches other than that one sketch that was, that Larry did for that initial pitch. No, well, he did. Whoops. I've never seen it. He did. He did some vehicles, and he did a cross section of the base. He did a helicopter, the ice cream truck, cross section of the base, which ends up being a proto pit. Um, right. But but and, nobody has. I guess what I was saying to him. Ah, you know, uh, sorry. Of that, course. That, that nobody. I don't know anybody else that has has gotten him or anyone else to do anything in that world. Yes, of course. Again, just because it was again just something that's strange that I would be fun for me. <laughs> and that, that's what I love about the book is that I can do silly things with it. And it, so it just, makes you think of, makes you think about the story potential there as well of actually seeing this in maybe the ARA world that uh, right. this could be this could be something. You know, I, plant that seed there for for Larry. I can imagine, unfortunately, that not happening because Fury Force was pitched to Marvel, and uh, and. Nick Fury's son is the Fury of Fury Force. Mm -hmm. And so uh, could IDW, you know, IDW has a relationship with Marvel because they publish all these artist editions and they have a license for uh, the Marvel action line, the, the all ages comics. Um, do we all want to see this happen? Yes. Uh, <laughs> are, are like interested parties going to jump through some hoops and write up a contract? Um, maybe. But if it, if it's a new character that was created as a pitch for a book that never happened, then presumably uh, Marvel doesn't necessarily own that IP. That's true. Would Larry create a new character, sort of recreate a character that I think technically he, he owns? I think technically Larry owns Spook. Uh, mm. Would he give that character to Hasbro in effect by putting that character in a G.I. Joe comic? Mm. Interesting. Um, I guess it's sort of the, the, the closest analogy is him putting um, uh, the Red Shadows, uh, some of the Action Force characters in the comic. You know, they were sort of over here and already established. Now, now Tim, I think you, you, you might have been on the cusp of speaking to, to this, but um, I flicked to, to, to that image, and this image is sourced from uh, back issue number 17. And underneath that image, it says over here, the scan of this ultra image is courtesy of teacher and writer Tim Finn, who is penning a comprehensive book on the 1980s, 1990s Joe. So thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim, because I probably printed off that very scan. 
Do you do you want to add some context around that, Tim? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, yeah, uh, but I love it. And um, the uh, what was I going to to say? Yeah, I think Larry often has a preferred way of of working on his sketches as well, which is he likes a specific size to to the sort of the card uh, sort of um, paper that that he he works on, and he'll often have it you know on a clipboard. He'll number it at the top as the requests uh, come come in. Um, so so I think most of the sketches that exist from Larry are kind of in that loose. Right. He doesn't um, get a lot of sketchbooks. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of sketchbooks. But pro tip, if you're going to meet Larry Hama and you've not, black coffee will be your friend. Just taking him a <laughs> cup of black coffee because there's never enough coffee available for him. In my experience working with him, <laughs> you never can't go wrong with a nice cup of black coffee for him. Larry also for a long time was only charging, was it 25 bucks for 20, Yeah, I think it was 20? 20 when I met him like 10 years. We met him in 2009. I think it was 20. Yeah. And then it might've gone to 25. I think last I saw him, he was 40 a figure. Yeah. And he, he has posted about this on Facebook where, um, and I think that price only went up maybe three years three ago. Years ago. Yeah. And you know, to, to the fan or convention goer who wants, uh, a more finished image who wants ink, not just pencil, uh, who wants some background, uh, maybe who wants several characters. Um, you know, this style may not uh, may not satisfy them. Uh, but Hama's thinking is uh, he would much rather one, he would much rather do um, many sketches, 20. <laughs> 20 many sketches, sketches right? and make more people happy. Right. Uh, but also, um, I think he for he he'd done some rough math and that maybe he can make more money doing a lot of sketches for less money rather than a few sketches for more money. Uh, but after so many conventions of seeing all these pros uh, next to him and across from him <laughs> many times more than what he was. Uh, and I think to a lesser extent, seeing some of his sketches after a convention show up on eBay for more than 20 he raised his price and I think it's only 40, uh, yeah. which is it, still really modest. It was the 40, the last time that I, I, so I was his handler for a show in 2018, I guess. And, uh, I think it was 2018. It's hard to, they all blur now, but, uh, the last time we had him <laughs> up in Northern Virginia, it was 40 a figure at that point. This, this, this should not surprise, uh, either the, the two of you, but for many years, uh, Hama's signing at my store was our biggest crowd for uh, an in-person guest gosh yeah and and i think larry as well he, he um if he has unclaimed sketches at the end of the show he'll often put them on mm -hmm. ebay so i'm sure that he's aware that if he just wanted to make more money that he could do that um because i think typically the the ebay price sketches will go for uh you know significantly more than what he would charge on on the day um so so clearly the, the reason that you know a big reason that he's doing these and at the lower rate is you know for the fans rather than just uh the, the cash grab which and is nice. and in fact he has kind of a policy of not doing sketches after a convention he's not he's not a commission artist yeah. he's a he's a he's a working freelancer who writes scripts for comics publishers and uh 
does pencil layouts for comics publishers. Yeah. And he's also not keen on the idea of um, his, his sketches being finished either that they should be, you know, that is the artifact, his, uh, his, his sketches and, and um, it's not intended to be inked and colored and, and things like that, that, that this is the, the, this is the finished product as it were, which uh, yeah, is, uh, is, is, is fine. If, uh, if that's, uh, that's the way he views it. Although I have, I have seen them, I have seen and been involved with a couple of uh, occasions of, of having uh, inks on a, on a hammer sketch. Uh, and, you know, to me, it looks nice, but uh, I know uh, Larry's less, uh, less keen on that concept. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Let's skip ahead to this one. Okay. Uh, so this is the late, great Jeremy Dale. Uh, I, I was very, very fortunate to get to know Jeremy over several years. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jeremy did some of the, I call them B issues, uh, the two-pack uh, figure issues for uh, for Hasbro, uh, so 21B and what have you. So he did some work uh, with Larry. But uh, Jeremy, we met Jeremy in 2010 at Baltimore. Uh, his uh, wife, Kelly, was with him, and my son was 10 at the time, and looked at his portfolio and told him what to work on. And Kelly, uh, Jeremy's wife actually gave my son a, a pen to go back to the hotel room and ink uh, a Star Wars sketch he'd been working on. And so he went back the next day and showed him the sketch and and they just continued to encourage him, which I always appreciated. And I, I've, I have a soft spot for Dr. Mindbender because I just think the costume is weird and, and he's just a weird dude. <laughs> and I love the whole premise of him being a dentist. And so I actually was uh, at a free comic book day in North Carolina, uh, the year that this was done, I handed Jeremy my book. I said, I'm going to see you in a few weeks at Heroes, Dr. Mindbender. And he goes, what do you want? I go, go crazy. And uh, he gave me this <laughs> back. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, or don't know, Jeremy passed away several years ago, uh, way too young, just just a super sweet guy. And uh, he had he had his own series called Skyward, which uh, which Kelly actually did a Kickstarter for later. And is there's a bound edition out that... Uh, uh, that that got finished. Uh, they brought Shannon Gallon in to do pencil the last issue to make it a, a full story. But um, yeah, I can't. I, I miss Jeremy at every show I go to. Uh, he was just he was the best. He was great with fans. He was a he was a true comic book fan. Like he knew about every character. He could talk to little kids about Spider Man. He could talk to adults about fill in the blank. He knew he just knew a lot, and he was a fan himself. But he was a real Joe fan. It hurt his feelings a lot. He got a lot of grief from some people about his work. Uh, and, and it makes me sad because again, I think he's a, he was a, a real talented guy working in some, it's a challenging thing to be doing some of the stuff he had to do, but got several Jeremy pieces. This is one of my favorites. So I just, I love that close up of the teeth and the neck. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, I, I will say this was not, this was not an overnight thing. I gave it to him in, you know, early May and I saw him a month later. So I don't, I don't know how long he worked on it, but, but, uh, really, really, uh, if you're not familiar with Jeremy's work, go go seek some out and uh, just appreciate what he did because he was he was one of the best. Tim, is is Jeremy someone that that you've encountered over the years? I have not, and it took me a long time to connect him to his specific GI Joe work because those comics um, didn't have credits. Credited, right? Um, oh really? Okay. There's yeah. a couple. There's a couple years where both the um, the 
the cross cells, the small folded catalogs that have that year's toys or that waves toys, but that also had a comic, you know, like a four page comic um, before uh, 25th anniversary. And also with 25th anniversary, there's, there's several years where either the actual printed object itself or the packaging says, um, comic written by Larry Hama in a burst. And it doesn't credit colorist, letterer, uh, inker, penciler, editor. And um, so it took me a while to, uh, to connect him. Um, but uh, I really like his G.I. Joe work. And I think John makes a good point that, um, you know, doing, doing an issue set between two established issues uh, you know, Larry's writing it 25 years later, different paper, different color, different lettering. Uh, obtaining it is different. You're getting it with two action figures at a toy store. Just everything about it feels different. Um, and, um, but I, I it, it would have been neat to see him move over to some kind of sort of mainline uh, G.I. Joe work, you know, like a, a monthly issue uh, of the series. Um, yeah, this is this is a fun reminder that 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 even though GI Joe is uh, spies and I'm, I'm talking about this specific image now, even though GI Joe is you know spies and um, creeping around, uh, there is still a little bit of superhero in in GI Joe, like in character design and in in musculature, you know, like I think mm -hmm. realistically, Dr. Mindbender would be live, you know, he'd be, he'd be the Cyclonus to uh, Cobra Commander's Galvatron. Um, but it's also when he's, when he's in, when he's cut, right. It's like, oh, there's also some like professional wrestling in GI Joe. I don't mean because of Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, because of how, how silly and crazy a lot of the, it's like no, yeah. this is a super villain, right? Like he has a cape, and uh, and he has a he has a a, a belt buckle on his thigh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just because you know it's like because every day is Halloween when you're in Cobra. Tim, you mentioned that not making that connection. So I actually own a page from Twenty One B, and as I recall, and it was many years ago, I picked that up. I believe that uh jeremy told me at least that issue all he did was they scanned right from the pencils so yeah, I, I will i will try to get i have a I'll, I'll find it later and send it to you or i can share it later at some point but i have a a really really great page with scarlet in the and in, in the background the jetpack and the whole night it's i love it and again it was it was interesting talking to him about those uh working on that book and working on all those books but uh, uh again i think uh i think jeremy got a lot of grief that was not deserved and, and if you've never met it, if you had a chance to meet him, just the energy he had and the excitement about comics in general, not just his own property with Skyward, but everything he did. And he just was an absolute joy. It was an absolute joy. I have I have wondered with those uh, pack-in comics that were reproduced just from the pencils, was that an issue of time? Was that an issue of money that the page rate wasn't very high? And so the artist would say, uh, you know, if I just pencil these that much tighter, uh, we can we can color the pencils directly because I'm it, it wouldn't be worth my time at this page rate to also right. ink it. Or if the editor said uh, just just pencil, right? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it was something that um, that Devil's Due and IDW were doing to some extent around about that era as well, that uh, on occasion they would be working directly from the, the pencils and try and save on the uh, save on the cost of additional inks as, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these... And, Sorry, to your point uh, about uh, what what Jeremy was di- doing being diff- difficult, Tim, as well, I was thinking just in terms of, you know, uh, putting yourself up there with the legacy of of issue twenty one. You know, let's let's put do a do a, another issue that's set in the in between the panels of of twenty one. Essentially, that's uh, that's a hell of a thing to try and uh, live up to as well. Sort of bit of bit bit of pressure. There's that Ron Wagner uh, prologue that Devils Do published exclusively in a collection of the Snake Eyes Origin miniseries. That's one of the rarer, rarer G.I. Joe stories. Uh, I think it's six pages. And um, no one ever talks about that. (laughs) No one ever talks about that sort of good or bad. I think just no one knows about it. Uh, But there there is another example of someone. Uh, There's there's another. I could find it. Uh, there's another example of someone uh, whose uh, whose work gets placed right in that uh, in that sort of legacy or that era. Um, I like it's... it when uh, on the bottom of the sketch it says "Heroes Con." I like it when mm-hmm. uh, when the artist writes down what or where the show is. Yeah, I love this effect here as well. The um... I guess it's it looks like it's probably Copic markers or something but in that yeah. background of that um mind bender sort of close up just you know no no uh no inks there at all it's just it's all it's all sort of being done with the with the color um it's uh yeah it's a lovely background of effect cool uh next one let's see okay <laughs> so speaking of almost like vehicles <laughs> Uh, this is this is a Brian Shearer piece. Uh, Brian, <laughs> thank you. Yes, that's why. Uh, I, I, so I will tell you the story behind this one. Uh, I've known Brian for quite a while now. I've had a lot of misadventures with him outside of conventions. And I gave him my book and I said he, he had done a really cool cover with Deep Six. So I knew he could draw big and clunky. And I said, hey, I, re- I would love to have snake armor in my book. And he's like, uh, okay. And he, I had the reference. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Well, <laughs> if you've seen him at conventions, Brian tends to sit next to Shannon Gallant. They, they, they're together a lot because at the time they were the pencil or anchor on, on the book. And anyway, so I guess at some point Shannon says something like, oh, I want you to just make it look like they're putting stickers on them. I think that's how, as I recall <laughs> this conversation going, so I went off and did my thing and I come back and I get this piece and it's, hysterical and I, again wouldn't have thought of it you know i thought well maybe snake armor or snakes doing something but i this was incredibly funny and, and yeah i think tim's response is i've gotten that quite a few times uh people were and I, <laughs> again the less direction i give i feel like the the more fun people have and, and the more the, the better the piece i get back this is uh you know, of course, all these convention sketches, you know, don't exist in an actual canon, you know, G.I. Joe story moment, whether mm-hmm. animation or comics uh, or toy package art. Um, sometimes when they're funny, they sort of exist in the like the universe of like us all having fun with G.I. Joe in artwork that doesn't need to 
carry the weight of like actual G.I. Joe story. Um, this this feels sort of halfway between um, like a scene from uh, the comic or the cartoon, but also halfway like the imagination of a kid with the toys, right? Because it's like, okay, we all who had the snake armor, uh, I guess my brother, not me, um, put that label on or chose not to. And um, in the universe, in the story of G.I. Joe, uh, you know, somewhere there's a factory, there's a Mars factory <laughs> and there's a stencil and right. like someone on the assembly line is like spray painting red and then the next piece, the next chest plate, right? And then the next chest plate um, or like there's a stamp and then there's a stamp and then there's a stamp. And then to have this be uh punishments or perhaps training or just a job for some kind of it's like it's like oh this is a cobra soldier who's who like might make techno viper or this is like uh this is like engineer viper right you know track viper or something um because this isn't fixing this is this is finishing um and this this isn't like an assembly line this is more like how a kid would do it it's this is almost like sort of on the left side and the right side are in the invisible hands of a child, right? And this is like on your floor. And in the story, it's like, I'm gonna have my guy finish making the snake armor for Destro. Um, that's so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it, it, it's a thing that is, you know, for those of us, you know, growing up with the, with the toys, you know, all of these toys, you know, like, you know, here we go. The the moccasin, for example. You, you know, we we applied all of these these stickers all all over the these these things, um, and you know clearly for for Hasbro that that's a you know a cost saving measure. Really, it's you know instead of having a complicated factory process or having it done by hand by by somebody prying it to be shipped out, you know ship it um, without the stickers. Uh, have the the kids you know apply all these them, the, themselves but it's also a very clever move in terms of you know that that you're you get you know you're getting into all of the detail as you're as you're applying these details uh, these stickers and you're exploring every all of these teeny tiny um you know aspects of of the vehicle which you might not notice on just a simple looking at it and glossing it glossing it over and you're making a very tangible physical connection to then to to your your toy and it's not just the memory of you know playing it or having it on the shelf or it's you know it's about the it's also the making of it and your your hand in the creation it's um you know it's it's quite sort of a powerful connection then that that that, that process creates with with you sorry a bit of a tangent there the uh the impression of that there's a long line of these or many rows of these with a little bit of gray on the far left and yeah. the the far right just this teeny tiny hint here in the background of these. Um, uh, and a really nice detail that, um, can you zoom back into the main sure. uh, center snake? Uh, so, you know, on, on the black weapons, sort of elbows down on the, on the, the right sort of shoulder, right? Shearer has drawn with, uh, with a whiteout pen, mm -hmm. right? So he's put white lines on top of the gray marker to add a little bit of shine it's happening too on the like the cobra soldier's shoulders and his his right glove nice okay what have we got up next all oh, this i like this one 
<laughs> not that I don't like any of the others, but uh <laughs> this is actually this is my most recent edition. Uh and this is a uh, obviously not in the sketchbook. Uh Andrew Griffith, who I believe if his issue is not out yet, it is mm. gonna be out sooner than later. Uh Andrew has definitely been, been known more for Transformers, I think, over the last many years, but I uh, met Andrew a few years ago at a Baltimore con. He runs around with Brian Shearer and Shannon Gallon, who kind of all know each other. And uh, But Andrew took part in the Creators for Comics auctions last April, May, whenever it was. And he had done a Scarlet with the jetpack that just blew my mind. And so I bid on the auction for the Joe character. I gave him three choices. And he's like, I haven't read 21 in a while. I'll get back to you. And he did this just stunning I believe it's cover quality. I absolutely adore it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's quickly become one of my favorites. And uh, interestingly enough, so uh, Andrew now lives in Peru and uh, wasn't able to send things for some time. He's now back in the States. Oh, no. uh, and so he, uh, no, and I knew that was the deal when I when I got it. What's funny though is for my HR podcast, I have a listener in Peru and I had sent her a gift and it got sent back to me with a sticker that said refused by country. So I didn't know to take offense at that or what the story was. So I contacted Andrew. I said, Hey, Andrew, are you able to get stuff? And he goes, no, nothing's coming in. I can't get anything out. And so, like I said, he apparently came back to the States. I don't know, maybe six weeks ago with a suitcase full of artwork <laughs> commissions and things he owed people and just started sending them out. So yeah, like I said, just, uh, this is something I had gotten. I knew it was coming, it had, you know, had been available for, or he had finished it last year. Uh, but I just did get it in hand about a month ago now and uh, was really, really, really happy with how it turned out. So to yeah, just to, to hold the hand of someone watching this who isn't familiar or hasn't reread issue 21 recently. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah. At the beginning of 21 storm shadow delivers the captured Scarlet to the castle on the claw. And then at the end of silent interlude, uh, uh, Snake Eyes and Scarlet are getting away, and she <clears throat> she saves him. Then he saves her on the claw. Um, can you go back to the black and white, Mark? Yep. Um, so um, it's uh, it's interesting that the black is in the shadow of the mountain and not in the sky. Uh, not not good, not bad. Just really interesting because this this cover would have a different feeling if all that space around the moon and above Scarlet uh, were inked in, um, this has, uh, you know, that this is playing a lot with symmetry because she's centered, uh, even though she's not perfectly symmetrical and the background's certainly not perfectly symmetrical. Uh, you, 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 the claw is and so much of her is that, you know, think of this as a uh, symmetrical cover. Um, this also feels a little, uh, and this might sort of, th this is probably inadvertent. Um, this feels a little religious. Like this feels a little <laughs> bit like, um, uh, you know, like the Frank Quietly image of uh, Superman with the sun behind him, right? Where he's, you know, he's sort of a Jesus figure, like he's sort of ascending to heaven or coming down to help us uh, simple humans. So I'm not interested in making deep comparisons between G.I. Joe and religion. But I look at this and I think a little bit of like stained glass or like, mm -hmm. you know, religious mm -hmm. iconography where a character uh, is standing or floating uh, a certain way. Um, I was but that's just um, to say I found 
this, uh, which I that's think what, is the, that's the what image prompted, you might have been referring yes. to. That, that prompted me to at least consider, I, I gave him three options. And based on that one, though, I, I was very curious to see when he said, I want to do this. I, I know it'll be great. So he colored this one with the jump that we're looking at right now? As far as I know, he did his own colors on that. Wow, that's, that's great. Yeah, looks like looks like Copic. Do you know, uh, is he inking his own issues of G.I. Joe? I don't believe so. I don't know for sure. And again, I know if it's not out yet. It's going to, I think it's going to be soon. It may be the next, it's, okay, it's, another month. Not, I knew it was coming. Uh, it's, I knew. I, it's not on the, it's not on the list for next Wednesday. Okay. Well, I knew, I knew he had it. And I think he's had at least a cover or two lately. And so, yeah, again, I, it's kind of, it's fun to see him doing Joe after doing Transformers and robots for so long. It's nice to see him. The, uh, working the, on we, people. We, we can we can have some confidence knowing that he'll draw really good vehicles. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean just seeing 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 pieces like like this. I, I saw I saw this on the on social media, I think, when um probably when Andrew first shared it. And uh, it was I thought it was yeah, amazing and it gave me an enormous amount of confidence uh in, in his ability to do a, a very good uh, job on the on the book. So um, you know on the basis of seeing pieces like this sort of um, yeah. really looking forward to, to seeing what will, uh, what, what, what he'll do actually on the, uh, on the insides. Cool. Uh, did I have anything else uh, or was that? Oh, here we go. Okay. This is Robert Atkins. And uh, if you guys remember, there was a digital card game ah. five years ago. Six, well, yeah, longer than that even. Uh, Battlegrounds, I think it was called. I don't even remember. I never played it. But <laughs> Robert did a lot of the figure work, and, and they would go, they would scan straight from pencils. And so this is an 11 by 17 rock and roll, super tight pencils. And uh, I have a rock and roll sketch in my sketchbook that I don't share with anybody because it's I absolutely abhor it. It's just oh, no. multiple reasons. I have two sketches in my book that, that people don't – I will – if you see the book, you can look at them and I'll explain the story. But Robert knew how mad I was about this other piece. <laughs> and uh, I was fortunate enough to get this. Uh, he, I got it at a Baltimore. He had it at a Baltimore con for me. And uh, yeah, it's classic rock and roll. Uh, it's great. Yeah. It's fun. And I, 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 I've seen the finished card, you know, along the way. But uh -huh. again, it was just, uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited to have it too. Okay, so just to clarify, this is not artwork for that card game. Yes, it is. It this is. is okay. This is not yes. a convention sketch. Oh, you bought no. this at a convention. It was. It was a gift. But yeah, I got okay. it. At, I got Sorry. it. Yeah. He he had he he was he had a multiple because he did several character designs or characters for the card game, and they would just literally, I, as I understand it, scan from that and then put whatever effects and things they do as, as the as the trading card. But yeah, this was the rock and roll for that card game. The uh, the collar. 1982 color. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that color. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, not, that's a great face. Uh, when I think of when I think of Atkins, I think of his uh, the the precision of 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 bodies, right? Like in in space of movement, like you know, like torsion and um, and weapons. Uh, and I think of his storytelling. And um, those were just 
those are just very attractive eyes. That's a very handsome face. That's and that doesn't just feel like a comic book person who looks like an anatomically correct comic book person. <laughs> that looks like a specific person. Right. Um, that's great. Uh, and the the I mean, it's it isn't inked, so sort of the term like spotting blacks doesn't precisely apply, but. This is penciled so tightly as if it were inked, right? So all the shadow under his bicep, right mm -hmm. under his, uh, you know, on, and, and his, uh, his his left thigh, the, the right thigh. Um, can we see the bottom half mark? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the boots. Um, what a great what a great drawing. And also, um, you get the sense that that's a heavy weapon, right? His pose suggests that he's. Right. You know, he is holding it up and, yeah. and stabilizing yeah. himself. I was I was listening to to Robert talk uh, on a podcast. Um, it might have even been the uh, the Star Joe Joe's podcast, John. Um, and he, he was talking about the the process that he was having for producing these uh, these cards. And I think it was, he you know, he produced quite a, a large number of them for, for, yeah. for the game. And, you know, it was they're basically looking for all of the all of the characters, you know, all of the different versions, maybe even a couple of iterations of the different characters so they could use different art for, mm -hmm. you know, as they rank up or or however, however it worked. And um, they, they asked him for these these sort of this kind of layout of just the character itself and not anything else, because then they would add on all of the rest of it, the finishes, the the colours, the backgrounds, etc. And they apparently would go kind of um, leave some of the more uh, the less powerful cards um, as slightly more basic, and then go go all out right out for the um, you know the more powerful cards in the in the game. So the the you know they would just have more of a wow fa factor <laughs> to to those cards representing their their value and the, their power in in terms of how they were used in the game itself. Um, an interesting request and in um, you know and and uh, finishing of the the art. Well, and I will say too, this is also an eleven by seventeen, so it is a really wow. just a beautiful piece, you know, display piece because wow, of size and finish and what have you. But in in the way that uh, Hasbro has made good use of the Dreamwave art uh, of all of the Autobots and Decepticons from Dreamwave's More Than Meets the Eye uh mini series which was sort of an update of transformers universe right it's like the, the official handbook of the marvel universe just shots of every character um uh you know some of that art shows up uh like on on the actual dvds uh, as, as licensing art right because it's these like definitive versions uh, of the characters um it would be great if uh hasbro could uh redeploy this atkins art uh either mm -hmm. Sort of in this version, I mean, you'd still want it to be uh, darkened and 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 in color, um, or the sort of finished versions from that card game. It'd be great to see those, these uh, used across like you know GIJoe.com and uh, backpacks and stuff. I know there isn't as much uh, GI Joe merch as uh, Transformers, but I feel like sometimes uh, Hasbro is uh, scrounging a little bit to find you know just a good drawing of Scoop. Like, like, <laughs> yeah you know it's like they've got plenty for snake eyes yeah i i I'd, I'd go beyond that i'd love to see i think an art book where they just you know collect all of that stuff all in one place um because you know for the 
the likes of us comic fans who haven't been delving too deep into the into the um you know mobile game we, we won't have necessarily seen a huge amount of this this art so um, maybe yeah, it'd be maybe nice we can... nice to have it in one place uh, maybe we can more realistically hope for a very small run convention sketchbook that Atkins publishes on his own, you know, yeah, like I think that's re- more realistic. <laughs> uh, and, and, and if it was just the pencils, that'd be great too. Cool. Um, I think this is the last one. There's one that somehow has dropped off the slides that I'll, I'll, I'll dig out. Um, I was going to say the, one of them, I, I figured one of the, I would say it's probably the most controversial piece. I own. Let's end on the controversy. G.I. Uh, Joe controversy. Uh, that's, the, that's the name of my G.I. Joe mobile game. Actually <laughs> <laughs> just argue about scoop. <laughs> okay. This so, is not this it. Isn't, this no, isn't there's it, another, but, there's another one. Yeah. I don't know where yeah, it went, yeah, yeah. but, I'll, um, uh, I'll dig it. I'll dig it out as the final okay, final thing. Okay. Uh, we talked uh, last time about pencils versus inks, and uh, this is uh, the cover to I believe Special Missions number ten, the IDW run of Special Missions. This is a piece by Shannon Gallant, uh, and he. Yeah. This is eight and a half by eleven. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So this is the uh, uh, he did his own inks on this, and so I'm fortunate to have these. I think it's kind of fun to see in the process. Uh, you can. You can see a lot, and especially in the first one, there's little notes and what have you yeah. for what he's doing. But uh, just silly. When I first saw it, YMCA, okay, haha, Shannon, this is great. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> so uh, you know, and and Spirit's just not into it. Uh, I think it's just a, a really fun piece, and I love the notes, uh, Duke's notes for the uh, the holiday yeah. piece. You know, and it's star or a snake eye singing Silent Night, and it's marked out and. Uh, <laughs> Scarlet Lady J dueling banjos. Uh, for those of you that don't know Shannon, he's got a wicked sense of humor. Yeah. And typically, if you say, I- "I'd like X," he will he'll go nuts. Like he'll the more the more nuts you let him go. And so I know he had a lot of fun working on these different special missions covers, and he did some really fun things with them. And uh, this is I you know I know we when we talked about kind of that what does it look like or seeing process. It's really fun to see a creator in their own process for the whole piece, you know, from beginning to end in that. So uh, he printed the pencils as blue line onto a separate piece of Bristol and inked that. And so both these exist. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a lot of fun. I have them both um, in my collection. So yeah, they both exist. <laughs> uh, I, I really like Gallant's art. I really like his storytelling. I love how long he was on G.I. Joe. I'd love it if he came back. I like it when he inks himself and also when Shearer inks him. All of that said, I think the joke would be a little clearer if there were some background. Uh, I feel like we need to see some like Christmas lights hanging from the ceiling or a banner behind them or uh, mm. a tree. And I, I get it maybe. I know I'm going into this really detailed. Uh, <laughs> I, I get it. Just practice, right? This this isn't a, maybe even the dress rehearsal, so right. maybe uh, that decoration isn't there yet. But I feel like um, you have to read the clipboard to get the joke, and uh, that's, that's okay. Sure. Uh, but I when I think of when I think of covers that make me laugh, I think of a lot of. Um, like 1950s and 60s Disney covers where like Donald Duck or Scrooge McDuck is doing something funny involving like money or food or like 
uh, a balloon, right? And like, you know, it's like D Donald's fishing for money, but he's coming up with, I can't explain it, like some gag that shows that he's not fishing well with a fishing rod. Um, I think I'd like one more element in this in this image. I'll flick forward to to probably the thing that inspired it, which is uh, uh, the, these uh, yeah, memes that were, were going around for the uh, village people and uh, and the the, the Joes. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those before, John. Yeah, yeah. The uh, like the comic book store that I at uh, where I shopped for ten years before I had my own comic book store. For many years, uh, their their cash wrap, you know, where you put your stuff to buy, had a piece of glass on it. So they'd have some trading cards or images slid under it. And uh, uh, they had cut out from diamond previews. There were those busts of like Flint and mm, Gung Ho yeah. and Shipwreck and Zartan. Uh, and one of the employees had cut this out and slid it under. And like, no one's particularly a GI Joe fan there. And they'd added a word balloon where they're singing YMCA. <laughs> and I've, I, I, it's funny, but I'm, I'm also very protective of Joe when it comes to people poking fun. So <laughs> I like, I also don't like. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um, I found the, uh, the fire one that had uh, dropped out of uh, my, uh, my slides. I thought you might be doing it intentionally. So, wow. Okay. So here's yeah. the deal. I absolutely, my two favorite versions of snake eyes are commando version one. What I, what I had as a kid and boy, George snake eyes. Um, I think the, I think that design is absolutely hysterical. <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts of the cartoon. And so early on, I, when I started the sketchbook, I started talking to people about doing more silly things with it. And I actually approached Robert Atkins and said, Hey, Robert, would you do board George snake eyes? Like, absolutely not. I'm like, come on. It's funny. <laughs> so this is Matt Slay. Matt is a dear friend lives on the other side of Virginia. Um, Matt uh, does a lot. He's done, done a lot of indie work and, and went to Kubert school and just a, an interesting guy. And he, he's a Joe fan. He got the joke. Like he thought it was hysterical. Matt tends to not work in colors. And so he he actually took my sketchbook home and uh, had it for, I don't know, maybe a month or so. And he just destroyed this. It is coloring the the finger to the I, I cannot tell you how much this makes me laugh every time I see it. <laughs> I, as far as I know, as I said earlier, I think I'm the only person I know with a spook sketch. I have two different Boy George Snake Eyes pieces. And as far as I know, I'm the only person that at least is willing to admit that I have these <laughs> pieces because I just absolutely adore it. I think it's so funny and of the time. And and yeah, I thought when Matt sent me, he sent me the picture before I saw the sketchbook. I was I was beside myself. I was so excited. One of my favorite pieces in there. Again, I fully recognize it is not what most people are into. I don't care. <laughs> I, laugh. I think it's silly. And he absolutely I mean, I just again, everything about this, I just. I absolutely adore it. I have not seen Boy George Snake Eyes convention sketches or commissions, but I'm always tickled. Uh, I guess twice. I have been tickled both times at JoeCon that I've seen a custom figure or even better, <laughs> like a, di a diorama of that whole scene. I, I um, actually, yeah. I, what is, is that episode not, 
Is that episode fifteen? It's 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 in the it's in the third miniseries. Yes, yes, and I, it's not close. I actually have a custom classified series, Boy George Snake Eyes, too. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Detrick, the great great folks over at Roma Collectibles, made it. Friend of mine got it for me, and so yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the 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 second silliness. The second instance of me being tickled by this character uh made real in front of me was uh james cavanaugh cosplaying as it on uh 2015 or 2016 uh i think i have a photo on my blog where i reviewed that um convention um uh this is a really funny image i have there's so much i want to say and yet nothing needs to be said (laughs) Well, again, I will give Robert Atkins grief till the end of time that he, I don't know why he was so averse to it. He just, maybe he didn't find it as funny as I did, but we give him a lot of grief about it because, you know, and Matt Slave made a point. He's like, I'll do it. And, and I, Matt runs with it. And so every year on Matt's birthday, I send him, there's a, a, a picture of boy George Snake Eyes like snapping his fingers. And I made a little, you know, meme of it and said, you know, happy, or hope, happy birthday. Hope it's fabulous. And he, I send that to him every year on his birthday. And uh, John, a lot of value. Can you ease in Robert Atkins? Can you start with a sketch of like satin or of uh, like saxophone, saxophone rhyming shipwreck? Right? I tell you what I actually want from 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 Robert, and I have several pieces in the book. I'm a huge fan of the show Community, and I maintain that Community did more to celebrate the 50th anniversary of GI Joe than Hasbro or anybody else did when they put out the GI Jeff episode. Uh, I want Robert to do placeholder which is one of the characters in the jail with just action lines for a face. And, and Robert has committed to do that at some point for me. So yeah, uh, I'm going to start with that. Cause I, I've got a couple of community GI Jeff sketches and yeah, he, we, we agreed that, that, that some of the, the back characters in that thing are absolutely hysterical. So we'll start there. You never know. And I, I there are a couple, I have a couple ideas for things I want to do in the next, next con season. I don't know about this year necessarily, but in the next year or two, Satin may be in part of that. One of the things that as I've gotten older, because <laughs> there's definitely something uh, I've realized I like even more about that scene in that episode where Shipwreck and Snake Eyes <laughs> and Polly and Timber dress up. Um, uh, there's, I, I don't remember what, uh, what issue it is of the Marvel run. Uh, it's in the sixties or seventies or eighties uh, numbers, not, not decades, of course. And um, someone writes in and says something like, uh, these characters are un- unrealistic. And it's at a point, I think, when Hama is answering the letters, not uh, Bobby Chase, the editor. They're not signed, but you sort of get the sense that it's it's Hama. Uh, and uh, whoever answers the letter makes the point that um, people walking around like Dr. Mind, dressed as Dr. Mindbender in New York City, no one else would bat an eye. Right. <laughs> and I think when I read that issue as a kid, uh, I sort of like didn't believe that. It's like, also, I didn't at that point see Dr. Mindbender in some of these costumes as overly uh, ostentatious. Um, but um, uh, Shipwreck and Snake Eyes from that scene uh, in not many parts of the world, but some parts of the world, um, not unusual at all. and so uh i think as i mean when that when that episode played and i was a kid and i saw that uh 
I think I just didn't like the song that Satin sings a song, right? right? It's like <laughs> not great. It's, it's it's like um, it's like in uh, it's like was it episode sixty eight of Duck or eighty five of Ducktales when all of a sudden there's a song, right? It's like in season two or three of Ducktales, someone just decided that suddenly the nephews need to sing a song. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa! That hasn't been the rules of this show at all. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, it's like Tiny Toon Adventures. It's like, okay, sort of. Uh, or Animaniacs from the beginning, yes. Um, going off on a tangent. But uh, <laughs> as, as a kid, I found uh, I found them dressing up like that, like silly, but like, okay. Uh, and now I just think it's awesome. So, John, more sketches like that. I've got more to share down the road for sure. <laughs> uh or or the uh is it like satin's like producer or like her fixer the guy who sort of has a, a major blood vibe he's got like a gray trench yeah. coat him <laughs> him like the, clearly he's not cobra but he's cobra adjacent well I, i'm glad you appreciate it tim because again it i call it controversial half and jest but people that tends to be the one people get really surprised by when they look at the book. And they just a lot of them don't if they especially if they don't know the cartoon. They don't have any idea why it's addressed that way. Knowing how many viewers we have and listeners for our podcast, uh, the 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 themes of some of your sketches that uh, you haven't seen elsewhere in convention sketches, I think you might start to see more and more of these as word of your uh, requests and art direction, art direction. Uh, Lack gets, thereof <laughs> gets out. I think we, you know, I think, I think, uh, Spook and Boy George Snake Eyes together, uh, in a single image. I think it's coming. <laughs> or sort of mashups, Boy George Spook. Yeah, Boy George doing a poop on a vamp. All sorts, you know. Just wow. go. I don't. I don't think I'm going to be asking for that. <laughs> <laughs> Rhyming saxophone shipwreck upset that Polly has just <laughs> made a mess on a vamp. Right? It's like let me soothe the savage beast with my sax. Soothe the savage beast. Um, okay. I think I. I think I asked this last time, John. Do you have a, a convention you feel like you're most likely to first go mm -hmm. back to as the world reopens? We did talk a little bit about it. It's probably, I, I think I said Heroes is the one I miss the most. I also miss Baltimore Con. Those are my two favorites. Mm -hmm. you know, according to what, what happens, Baltimore tends to be a little easier for me to get to than Heroes. But either one, if I could get to either one of those, I'd be very, very happy. But no, no concrete plans. No concrete plans. Uh, you're not attending Joe Fest in June. Uh, no, no. Where's Where's Joe Fest going to be, Tim? Do you know? It's Atlanta, uh, isn't it, or somewhere Atlanta, in Georgia? Atlanta. Atlanta, outside Georgia, somewhere. Outside, or, uh, okay. Maybe even Savannah. I'm not even sure. Okay, I think that's uh, Robert Atkins' neck of the wood, isn't it? Savannah. Yep. Yeah. Um, very good. Um, enjoyed that immensely, John. Thanks for coming back on on the oh, show. Thank it's, you. Uh, Good to know that you've still got lots more that you've held back that uh, we can possibly uh, revisit at some point in the future as as well. And uh, and of and of course, uh, you know, you're welcome to to come back on even just as an audience member and commentator as we look at some uh, some more art from various people's uh, collections, which uh, I think we're planning to do over yeah 
as we progress into the distant future. Um, so, so yeah, John, uh, where can people find you if they want to find you? Uh, easiest way Online? is either, yeah, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman, or Twitter is where I share a lot of Joe stuff, and that's going to be at John, J-O-N underscore Thurman, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. Excellent. And Tim, where can people find you? Find me at a realamericanbook.com. Excellent. Because apparently there's an archive on the right hand side of the screen and it stretches back eight years. So there's lots of content. I think that uh, I think the archive is the index tab on the top. But thank you for reminding me to remind. Uh, it's it's not well organized, the index, but uh, it's, a sort of, it's a sort of chronological. Right? It's like, here's some iceberg drawing that I posted in 2013 or something. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm no master of WordPress. Uh, it's, a, it's a clean, simple site. Uh, we've got we've got fat correcting Joe coming here. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Augusta is the location. Thanks, John. Do you have uh, do you have a blank paper or sketchbooks out with artists at this time? I have. So I just have my sketchbook I showed earlier. I do not send that out anymore. Uh, I will be happy to tell you that story offline because uh, yeah, I um i have a very negative experience with a show oh, related artist that i will tell you once the camera's off so uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm, there are a couple I've, I've got a mental i've got a mental guess up here already let's see if it's I, validated <laughs> uh, we'll we turn can, these things off real quick <laughs> we can uh, we can tease the audience uh with with john's uh sort of provisional code name uh kid gloves some chatter we did uh, in our previous episode with John, uh, I think before or after the camera was was rolling, uh, was uh, that if John were a Joe, uh, he'd be codenamed Kid Gloves, and he's a vehicle driver, and the vehicle is what were we calling it? The negotiator. The negotiator. The negotiator. The negotiator. Right? Because of what? Because of John's profession, yeah. how he deals with people, and uh, and. Uh, and, and this, this is an example <laughs> and all that stuff <laughs> this, this 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 may get some arts in the future absolutely absolutely okay. appreciate that and Thanks, if Kid you want if you want to find out more about talking joe the place to go to is talkingjoe.co.uk which has got the links to all of the youtube videos the podcasts the facebook the twitter instagram and patreon thank you to all of us patreon subscribers who can get uh things like this episode uh, as an early preview before it gets uh, released out to everybody and because i struggled so much last time when all is said and done you can catch us down the road because we've been talking joe and, and apparently all we're all out of joe <laughs> <laughs> <Lighters>. <laughs>